Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Hey, welcome back. How is everyone? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. (laughs) All right. Uh, What do we got today? Just going to jump right into it. And peel back the onion. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mix of everything. It is a genetic genealogy case. Go figure. I think that's just what we're going to keep sticking to. <laughs> well, it, it, they're popular. And yeah, they're kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, I will say before we get started, if you guys want to go back and listen, if you're new here, go back and listen to any of our other genetic genealogy cases. We have a ton of them. And even, was it last week, two weeks ago now, we right, had a, the, a the laws. The Monday before Thanksgiving, we talked about the laws. There's two new laws put in place be- because of this new advancement in technology. So in definitely Maryland, go back. One in Montana. Yes, definitely go back and listen to that episode and then mm-hmm. keep listening to this one. So today we are talking about Candy Rogers or Candace Elaine Rogers is her full name. This story is taking place in Spokane, Washington in March of 1959. Candace was actually born in Spokane, Washington, and that's where her family lived. Did I say she was nine already at the time of our story? Did I say that? I don't know. Well, at the time of our story, (laughs) she was nine nine. years old. So in 1959, she was nine. Yes. Okay. She was born July 13th, 1949. And so our story is March. So she was almost 10. She was just a few months away from turning 10. She was actually a campfire girl. I I don't know. It doesn't say Girl Scout. It just said campfire girls. Similar to Girl Scouts, I guess. Yeah, it did seem very similar. It's a youth group focused on outdoor activities. So that's really all Mm -hmm. I was able to get about it. Uh, But they do like sell what she was selling mints. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty interesting. Specifically, she was a bluebird, which is a younger member of the Campfire mm-hmm. Girls. So it does seem very similar to Girl Scouts with it, the way that it, they it have. It is, like, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's just something that's like specific to that area, like Washington or Well, apparently now it's a co-ed youth development organization. Well, so are the Boy Scouts and the Girl it's Scouts. It's called Campfire, formerly Campfire USA, and originally Campfire mm. Girls. You know what? Campfire USA kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. It sounds more familiar. It, it went from Campfire Girls to Campfire USA to now Campfire. It's co-ed. Cool. So it's still a thing. They're still doing it. It was the first non-sectarian multicultural organization for girls in America. Hmm. It is gender inclusive, and its programs emphasize camping and other outdoor activities. Does it say if it's older than the Girl Scouts? And now I'm curious. I don't remember Ni- when the Girl Scouts. 1910. Founded in 1910. Mm, I don't remember the year. Because remember when we covered the Girl Scouts case? Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, I wonder. Now we'll have to go back and look. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll let you guys know on the social media if it's older. That's just interesting to me. So we are talking specifically about March 6th, 1959. Candy, Candy Rogers. I'm just going to call her Candy because that's what her nickname is. It seems to be what... She was uh, called. She had come home from school, hung out, played with her dog for a little bit from what I read. 
And then she goes out at around 4 p.m. to sell campfire mints uh, to her neighbors uh, around the neighborhood. By dark time, nighttime, dark time, <laughs> did that make sense? Dark, yeah, nighttime. By nightfall, she had not returned home. Uh, so her parents were starting to get a little worried because that was when she was supposed to be coming home is when it got dark outside, as I'm sure everyone has experienced mm-hmm. come home when it's dark outside when it starts to get dark so they immediately start looking a search starts immediately and everyone gets involved uh she is missing two years before the girl scouts 1910 so they're two years older girl scouts were founded in 1912 cool all right so this is the og one <laughs> yes that's cool she did not come home, and they immediately start searching. This would be a 16-day-long search where wow. everyone, I do mean everyone, is involved, including Marines, airmen, and military aircraft, people on foot. At one point, actually the day before, so it would have been March 20th, 1959, an Air Force helicopter is flying around, and it actually crashes during their search and they actually uh have three airmen on board that end up dying and they're from fairchild fairchild air force base Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate but during their search they apparently find um some little girl's shoes and they're not sure if it's related Mm -hmm. but they obviously still report their findings and then the very next day on march 21st 1959 two off-duty airmen are hunting um Okay, this is conflicting. I've read a couple different things, okay? This one, one article I read said that it was two off-duty airmen that were hunting in the woods. And then another article said that it was, they specifically went back to the area where the shoes were found. So I've read a couple different conflicting things. Nevertheless, the next day, they go back, they're in that same area where the shoes Uh are, and they find her body. Okay, yeah, so they were either hunting or they went back for some reason. Yes. That's kind of important. If they went back, just out of curiosity, that'd be suspicious to me. Well, because this article says that they specifically went back after the helicopter uh, airman had, like, reported it. Okay, was it official search still going on at that point, or were they just too... Two airmen doing something. So this one that I read, it just said that it was two off-duty airmen hunting. Okay. So whether or not they went hunting, maybe they had heard about the report and decided mm-hmm. to go hunting in the area just in case. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's two conflicting things. Okay. Again, this took place in 1959, so there's not like a whole lot of... Mm-hmm. There's just articles, really, news articles, and they're recent ones. The Air Force was only 12 years old, by the way, at that point. Ah, in 1959? Mm. Cool. I was wrong. I didn't finish reading my note. So it's either the two off-duty airmen hunting in the woods found her shoes or the helicopter found her shoes. Okay. Okay. So that's March 21st. I doubt the helicopter found her shoes. Right. The This but, one that I said, it's, yeah. I read, uh, maybe it's when they crashed. Because remember, oh, they crashed. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, that's weird, huh? So it's either that... The helicopter, that whole mess, found her shoes, or the two airmen hunting. The next day, March 22nd, 
the police return to where the shoes were found, whether or not okay. they got it from the two off-duty airmen okay, or so from the Okay, so they crash. go the next day. They say, hey, here's a lead. They found the... I got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Either way, shoes were found outside, and it was reported. Outside of the, the search, mm-hmm. the shoes were found either when the helicopter was crashing or the hunters. Right. Okay, all right. And then they sent the... And then police go back to that location. The next morning. And find her body. Yes, her body was found. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled with her own clothes. Oh my god, this is a nine year old? Jesus. Yeah. Where where is this location? Is it in the woods? Is it From what it's the the way it read, yeah. Mm. Just by especially if it was two off duty airmen hunting in the yeah, woods. Because it does say in the woods. She was found like in the it's woods. It's gotta be someone either someone that she knows or somebody that she trusts or trusted. You know? It's so it said her body was buried under a shallow layer of brush and pine needles. Mm. So yeah, very much like in some kind mm. of wooded area. You said someone that she knows. Yeah, this would have to be done by somebody that she knows probably. Yeah. I was going to say something what? that was going to skip ahead, but Yeah, I'm what's the 9-year-old <laughs> doing? Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is semen that is collected from her clothing, and it Jeez. is preserved pretty darn well. Okay, that's good. It's preserved pretty darn well. Now, over the years, they actually have quite a bit of suspects and, like, different suspects. Mm-hmm. They really don't have anything else. There's just, like, other, like, people. I'm going to get into them in a second. But as far as, like, evidence, there's really only... The DNA evidence, mm-hmm. the semen, DNA, but in yeah. 1959, yeah, it's pretty good though. They, they still DNA? collected it and preserved it. All right, yes. What about suspects then? So a lot of people over the years actually come forward and confess. Not really sure why any of them would. In 2001, they go back and test DNA. Now they, over the years, have tested this DNA so many times to clear so many people and to check their suspects. So by the time we're going to get to present day 2021, mm-hmm. a, a little spoiler, the first lab that they they took this to for a geneticist, they actually turned them down because they said the sa- the sample was so, uh, what did I say, Degr- what? De- degraded, is that the word? Yeah, it was, it was used a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. They tested that evidence as much as they possibly could. So in 2001, uh, in this case, it well, also been on. handed but- down. Who are the suspects at this point? I'm about to get to the couple okay. important ones. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's, I mean... Well, you're up in the 2009 or something you're already talking about. Now. Yeah, because I'm going to get, I'm going to name them. But there's, they don't name all of the suspects. But, but what happened in how, 1959? Did it go cold all, yeah. immediately? Yeah, yeah. Was the mom again? The mom? And the dad? I have no, they don't, it doesn't really talk about that. Okay. The dad died in 1960. Hold on. The dad died... In 1963. So he died like four years later. And then the mom died in 2006. Right. But what but were they What were they doing at the time of her disappearance? They were at home. And she just came up missing. She was out selling the campfire the mints. Campfire mints. Damn, nine years yeah. old running around. I guess and they 1959, told, yeah. And they said, come home when it gets dark when it outside. Gets, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I said that at the beginning. Well, I know, I'm just kind of confused. Like... There, there was nothing. There's no details about the police talking to them or hey, you know, asking who would, you know, does does she have 
any older siblings, uncles or anything? Or who, who would, you know, would somebody try to pick her up, give her a ride? Um, Did you last talk to her? I think she was an only child. Okay. Yeah, All she right. was an only child. Uh, not that I I read anywhere. Okay. They just immediately jumped to a couple different mm. suspects. Okay. So Hugh Byan Morse and then Alfred Graves mm-hmm. and James Howard Barnett. Barrett? Barnett? Doesn't really matter. All bad people. Those are going to be the three main suspects that they uh, really focus how do, on. How do they get to them? Uh, they are all just, they have a rap sheet. They have sexual assault. Okay. Right. Um, the known bad it? guys in the area. Yeah, known, known bad guys. Offenders. I believe it's, who did I first say? Hugh Byan Morse. He's mm-hmm. actually a serial, he was a serial killer in Spokane mm-hmm. at the okay. time. All right. And he actually, one of the, uh, the girls that he had uh, murdered he had raped her and strangled her with uh, her, own her own clothing. Clothes? Okay. Yes. Right. So it was very similar. I think that's why they focused yes, on him. Yes, that makes sense. He specifically was the one that they were convinced that he he did it. So over the years, this okay. case had been handed down from detective to detective. Yeah. And so the current one in 2001, did I write his name now? Yeah, it was Detective Brian Hammond. He just was not ready to let go of it. The DNA was tested in 2001 against uh, Hugh Brian Morse, and that clears him as okay. a suspect. It didn't Good. match. One, cleared one, yep. But in 2008, Detective Hammond is just not ready to let go of it, and he it, he's still super convinced mm-hmm. that Hugh Brian Morse or one of the other two uh, committed this crime. By the way, also, all three of these suspects have committed suicide and are no longer living Were they shortly in? after the murder. And I think a couple of them was like okay. a few, few years later. It didn't say specifically. And I Okay, all the bad guys are dead. All the suspects, the suspects. are dead. Yes. All right. So they got to get DNA from them. Yes. Um, James Howard Barnett, the suspect, one of the suspects, he actually committed suicide the day Candy was found. The day her body was found. Mm-hmm. So that's a little suspicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's So they're dead said, guys. How do, how do they not just go and get the, the DNA then? I th- that's what they did. They they tested him. They tested them. They All four of exhumed, them? Yeah. The three, three of them? Four of them. One, two, three, four. Four. Yeah. But you said it ruled out one guy. Yes, but they did end up ruling out the other three. Okay. So they ruled out four guys. Yep. Uh, you don't have any right to privacy when you're dead, so they probably just went and yeah. got a court order to exhume the bodies and and okay. Yep, there was a lot of other people with sex crimes in the area at the time. It seemed mm-hmm. like that specific area was pretty bad yeah, for it. it sounds like. Again, they don't really name any other people; mm-hmm. they just named these specific. It's probably so she's going door to door. I've had it somebody that she went door to door to, probably, and they grabbed her and pulled her in the house and went and buried her dumped her body it had to have been somebody she knocked on the door so somebody in the neighborhood that maybe knew her yeah okay possibly uh i didn't continue reading about him where i don't think it they don't they don't really okay. uh they don't i'm trying to what the word they don't go into detail on like where he lived okay or how he really knew her uh so now we're going to fast forward. It's still it's still a cold case. They're not giving mm. up, though. I mean, okay. the detectives are pretty darn determined to okay. solve this case. But uh, they've already ruled out everyone that they mm. had as a suspect at this point, right? That the detective was convinced they'd done it. Yeah. yeah well, okay. and everyone else. Uh, they, I mean, they've tested this, this sample so many times. Uh-huh. So they... 
look into genetic genealogy now in 2021, 2020, 2021. Okay. Like I said, though, the first lab was like, no, we're not going to. That was in 2000. 2020. Eight, 20, oh, 20. I think, yeah, 2020. It doesn't really tell a They year, went to a lab with the DNA and, and asked for what? Do you know? To do the genetic genealogy, but oh. they refused because they said that the DNA sample was well, too... Well, that's weird, wasn't it? There who, wasn't enough wh- of it. What lab was it? Did, did it say? Uh, the one that I'm looking at right now... This one is a different... So the one that they ended up using was a company in Texas called Othram. Okay. So I'm wondering on the, this, I think it was like seeing it. One of the, the news art, uh, videos that I saw, mm-hmm. they mentioned the vir- lab in Virginia. So that might've, I think the nano lab was the one said no, that said, no, okay. I think that's, that's what All it right. sounds like. So they end up going, like I said, to this lab in Texas and they end up coming up with three brothers as potential matches. Oh, look at that. Yes. So now again, we have to go through and find, a specific match of like why one of them would have been in the area. Well, so three brothers. So they have to. Are they old enough? Were they right. living in the area? Do right. They have a rap sheet. That kind of thing. John Rye, John Rye Hoff. I'm pronouncing mm. his name. Rye Hoff. Well, it's three names. The Rye is. I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. He's he's uh, a bad guy. Okay. He actually committed suicide. In 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a living daughter who at first doesn't really want to. Okay, but they DNA. think he did it. Is that what they think yes. he did it? Okay. They didn't specify why. I I don't think he had had. It didn't say that he had had any priors. Okay, but he was at least old enough. Yes. And he was at least living in the I area. Think he, yes, at the living time. in the area. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. um, also, he committed suicide in 1970. Seems pretty on par with the rest of the suspects, and like they probably. What about the other you know, two brothers, though? It doesn't talk about the other two. All brothers. right, because that's reasonable doubt for a defense attorney. Well, he's dead. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he has a daughter. She is Kathy Hoff, and she at first isn't super into the idea of. I don't want to say cooperating. Yeah, but now like, this is a third party, right? So you yes. use rules about third party. Go back and listen to our yeah. episode. Episode right <laughs> before Thanksgiving, right? Yes. So she does end up volunteering once she looks in. So basically she Googles the case. She does a Google search. Uh-huh. And she finds out that it involves a nine-year-old girl. And mm-hmm. so she is like, yeah, okay, let's, yeah, do, let's this. do this. Yeah. So she volunteers her DNA at that point. It comes back. As a 2.9 million chance over anyone else that her DNA matches the semen, or that her DNA is a fami- what is it familiar familial yeah. match to the semen found on Candy. Okay. 2.9. I think that's the biggest we've seen. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So at that point, what do you think they do? Uh, what they, would you do? They exhume that. They get. They have probable cause, to, whatever, to go exhume the body. I, I, again, I don't think. Yep. We've talked about this before, but I think they just need a court order to exhume the body because there's no right to privacy. So. Yes, they exhume his body, which unfortunately uh, was buried in the same cemetery that Candy was buried. Oh, in. that's terrible. Yeah. Yes. So they collected DNA from his body. Because he lived in the area. Yeah. Yep. They collected DNA from his body on September 23rd, and. 
it was a probability it was a probability threshold of 25 quintillion that the semen on Candy's clothing came from him. Unbelievable. Okay. I, I don't, again, I think that's the biggest probability yeah, that, that, we've seen. That places him right there. That's oh, he's the guy, right? Yeah. Was he friends with any of these other guys by chance? Did 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 you learn? I don't think it says. I did not see, but I am now seeing because uh, I'm on an article right now. It does say that two years after she was murdered, he committed a similar attack, ripping off a woman's clothing and using yeah, them to was, tie he, her up, tried to strangle her. Yeah, he's a she good spent, suspect then. He spent six months in jail. Oh, he was expelled from the military. He worked as a door-to-door salesman before t- committing suicide. Oh, what a way to find his prey. What always always kind of troubles me or is in the back of my mind is when there's more than one suspect. Mm-hmm. Apparently and, there's and, a lot. Right, and... And then a couple of the suspects know each other. They're they're partners in crime. So maybe the semen goes back to one guy. But how do we know that the other two were not necessarily there? I I always you know that's, that's always in the back true. of my that's always in the back of my mind. You know, they they seem to. I mean, I think most cases work itself out as you go back and listen to our cases. You can tell. Yeah. But there's some just sometimes where you're like, wait a minute. Okay, out of the three, they ruled out two. But how did they rule them out? Did the bad guy not say anything? You know, I, I just, that's always on my mind, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is suspicious, especially especially since they all killed themselves. Like, what are the coincidences? Yeah. What are the odds of that? Uh-huh. And then, again, they were all living in the same area. Like, also why it said specifically that in that area there was a lot of, like, sex offenders. So why in that area is there so many sex offenders? Yeah, so he had actually never been a suspect. So his name specifically had never come up in the investigation. Like I said, though, there was a lot of people over the years that com- confessed yeah. to the crime. That's silly. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, maybe they're watching these shows these or, or these highlights of these genetic genealogy crimes that were solved. And some of the people, if you remember, get sort of, um, what, what do you say, they, they get taken care of in terms of but they get wooed, you know. So they remember the guy; he was having pizza parties with the with the bad guy, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So I don't know. They get the coerced. No, Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. They they just get treated well for a while, and maybe they get good meals or something. Oh, so you're they, su- you're su- uh, suggesting it was people that were incarcerated yeah, that yeah, were just trying. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. would you confess to a crime? I don't understand that. Okay. I mean, it. it it's kind of scary to be sitting in front of mm-hmm. law enforcement for anything. And then you guys are trained so well. You know how to talk it, to it's, people. It's only it's, scary if you're a repeated bad guy. I disagree. I disagree because I'm a good person. Right. Right. I grew up with you, but I have a certain, but, I don't want to say fear, but a fear, a, a respect out of fear, fear out of but respect. But you cannot. I have, it goes hand in hand. Anytime I see anyone, any person who is any kind of law enforcement, I do, it does kind of still like, I understand make that, my heart race and make me nervous. But you're not gonna, you cannot confess to a crime you didn't do, you don't have any knowledge about, you can't, you can't do it. How, you won't, you right. won't do it. Right, but how many times but have you seen it happen? But if you're a repeated offender and you're committing crimes, you might be able to wiggle your way into some sort of hoax, some sort of story, because that's what you do. You're a bad guy. But if you're, 
if you just get nervous because it's the police, you're not going to confess to something that you didn't do. Okay, so I was watching, it's a new show on Netflix that literally just came out, Catching Killers, I think is Mm -hmm. what it's called. One of the episodes, that's exactly what happened, Mm -hmm. though. The... uh, a girl was was murdered and this like older woman who was dating this younger man she apparently just wanted to like get rid of him he was threatening her whatever is what she was saying so she basically like set him up and framed him mm-hmm. but then she ended up confessing to the murder and she they, they the police took her to to like the area and said show me where the body was left yeah and apparently she pointed directly to it yeah and so because of that they were convinced well the guy he was like i'm gonna get the death penalty she's framing me so he took a plea deal to get out of the death penalty which hmm. right did now did and the police- it turns out and the police officer the detective he was like i have a bad feeling about this i don't like this i don't think this is true i don't think this is the case the da was like no they confessed. She showed us where the body was dumped. We're done. Close it. Yeah. Did they? Did the police take her to where they knew the body was dumped, though? Well, so later on it comes out. She said, hey, they had put it in the newspaper. Yeah. But so that's what I'm talking the, about. And the real murderer, he wasn't even able to show them exactly where they, he dumped it. But he was able to provide them so new evidence. Let me clarify, right? Because but like, because police do. You know what I mean? Right. You can coerce somebody. But like, let's go back to the Angie Dodge case for a second, right? What's the guy's name? That uh, is it Drips? Brain Drips? Dri- drips. So after 10 hours or 20 hours or 40 hours? No, Tap. You're talking about the one that was yeah, wrongfully. Yeah, yeah. It was Christopher yeah. Tap. He Christopher was wrongfully. Tapp. After how many 20, 20 hours, hours? 20 hours. The thing was, and his him, him and his friend, like they were questioning him and his friends on things that had happened, right? Are you sure you didn't do this instead of doing that? Yeah, they were like, oh, you're so, tired. You're, yeah, it's, so, it's okay. so eventually you say, well, maybe I was. Maybe I was. So they're not... If you just, if the police just grabbed you right now and say, did you commit this crime? You got nothing. You're like, no, didn't do it. Well, are you sure you didn't sneak out of your parents' house today, Hannah, and go do this? No, I was home all day. Do you see what I'm saying? But I feel like after 20 hours of questioning, I would start to be like, geez, I don't freaking know. Maybe. Because the police led you down a path, right? They led you down a path of some sort of truthfulness something that you were doing and they st- had you start questioning whether you were doing that or you were doing something else, which is more wrong than the first thing. You know what I mean? There's already, there's a partial story and the police are leading you. Yes, it turns out to be a, a coarse confession, but it, it it's very more complicated psychologically. So, okay. I don't know. I feel get- like I still would be, I feel like it would still, it's still way more possible than you think. Mm-hmm. But I, okay. I think you're biased and I'm not yeah. in this the, situation. The other thing is these people that confess, we have no idea why they confessed. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it doesn't talk about them. It just right. did state that there was quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Now he, you know, Kathy, her, uh, the geez, can't talk. The daughter, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is having him buried somewhere else. So he's not going to be reburied in the same cemetery as Candy. Oh, that's respectful. Yes. She, yeah, she did not want to bury him back because she, and she said like, he's, I mean, he, he committed suicide. He's, he's not really going to get punished, you know, for Mm. the crime. And he got away with it essentially. Until the end of his life. Yeah, so this so was kind of... So, yeah, she said, I'm not, I don't want him buried in that cemetery. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, this is kind of a simple one then, right? So it happened in yeah, 1950, it was, it was pretty simple. It happened in 1959. 
and the guy, 11 years later, commits suicide, and the case is cold. They they go in and out of suspects, and they're able to rule out suspects because they have good DNA profiles. And then post-2018, they decide, let's use this investigative lead called genetic genealogy. And they do it, and they get to him, and then they find out that there's the offspring. Now, okay, let's say if they didn't have her, they probably would have went in for the exhumation anyways and and, and tried to exhume the body and, and get the DNA. So, all right, that's it? He, yeah. He's, so did they consider the case closed now? Yep, it is now officially closed. I was trying to look. Do you remember when, this is it Danny Armantrout? When he died, because that was saying that that was the oldest case, but now I think this might be the oldest case. 1961. Yeah, so is this now the oldest case? Well, no, this is... So that case was the oldest one solved by DNA. Genetic genealogy. Oh, was that DNA? Yeah, I think so. So, so right. No, no, no. That was genetic genealogy. Remember, they found the brother, Don, in oh, okay. Florida. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So now I think this is now, this the, is now the, the oldest. The oldest. Okay. Yeah, 1959. Okay, Colin Pitchfork was the was the, the oldest, oldest solved with, D, with yeah. DNA. Yeah, so. and we you're thinking of last week's episode yeah. with the update. Yeah. All right, this one, why are we doing this one? It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of quick and simple, huh? Yeah, it's a quick, simple one yeah. for you guys. I thought... I. Listen, I like reporting on yeah. when a new genetic genealogy case is yeah. solved. I think uh-huh. it's really important to talk about the advances and how it's changing mm-hmm. families and lives. Also, it was kind of cool. Like, the military was involved. I thought yeah, that was kind of cool. Well, Spokane, Washington's big, big military community. It's a Air little Force interesting community. with, like, the five, four suspects, mm, the yeah. fifth, and they all committed suicide. That's, yeah, that's a weird... Yeah, and we don't have much information on why they were suspects and, and such. They're not going to give that information up because they were ruled out. So yeah, that's yeah. going to remain confidential. I'm surprised. I guess they... That's going to remain confidential unless they came out and told somebody, you know? Well, they're dead. Right, unless they did before. But so the, what I'm saying is I think most of them died before they were even suspects. Oh, before be they even knew they were suspects? I think, yeah, I think what's yeah, his face okay. that died in 70 or the day so that this she... Was, he died the day she was found. Mm. Uh, but that's the thing is, so I guess they're allowed to release their names because normally they don't release suspects' names, right? No, people that were cleared of, of oh, being a suspect. If they hadn't already. They're not going to tarnish your name. They're not going to. You you have a right to privacy. You, they're not going to. They're not going to do that. Probably. But if they were already dead, they and were okay they still, releasing it. They're still probably not going to do that. So then, the guy who died the day she was found, why did they release his name? Oh then? well, they released his name, but they're not going to. They're not going to give you a whole lot of information, because maybe they were petty family. petty theft guys or some small crime guys. And this particular case, they were exonerated. You know, they were ruled out. So they don't want to, they're not going to talk about that, right? Because yeah. they, they have the right to privacy. And, and you know, uh, so this one was sort of a paper trail then since everybody was dead. This was sort of a paper trail and just trying to go through backgrounds and and rule things out. And what eventually happened, if you remember from our genetic genealogy laws, and the Department of Justice policy, they probably exhausted all leads. They ran the DNA through CODIS. They communicated with the lab, and they said, "We we have nothing else. Let's 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 go genetic genealogy." Yeah, 
And so. again, they they were determined to solve. They're lucky they got that. That I wonder what would have happened if the third party, you know, the daughter, did not consent. I think they still. So it said that uh, John Ryhoff was the only one with children. Mm. So, so they wouldn't have the been thing, able to test the other guys, and he was the only one. The thing I got to research and, and be prepared for next time is what what has to take place for to exhume a body, especially if this is a living relative. You know. Well, I'm sure I'm sure the living relative yeah. has to also agree to it. Yeah, I think so, probably, and that's why. Don't they? Do they have to have? But that's the thing too. If if the living relative is alive, this is my question. Probably for a lawyer. Uh, but maybe you'll know. So the living relative is alive. Do the police have to get a warrant for the? Do they, they have to go through the court, or can she no. just say? Ex- can she just let you know yes. have the have the people b- dig him up? And I'm they pretty take his sure DNA? she can say go ahead and and exhume the body. But they can get a warrant too. And I feel like we talked about this. I feel like there's not gonna be a trial. I, so I does feel, it matter? Yeah, I feel like the genetic genealogy. See, it's just supposed to be lead, right? It, it can't be probable cause for a warrant necessarily. But if he's dead anyway. But he he lived in the area. He was old enough, mm-hmm. and he had sex-related crimes, right? I think that all would have been probable cause for a warrant to exhume his body, anyways. Right, but at at some point with the genetic genealogy solving cold cases, at some point I, everyone's going to be dead. Correct. Solving cold cases now that we we have. We're getting close. Like all of these people that have been arrested that are alive. I thought, remember I told you, I thought that the genetic genealogy in itself was going to turn into probable cause, but not with these new laws the way they are. At least not in Montana Mm -hmm. or Maryland. Right. And the Department of Justice says for lead purposes only, so... Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But no, what I had said was... So does was, that mean they're allowed no, to bring that up in court? What I had said was... Oh, good question. Uh, what I had said was... Lawyers, help w- me out. What I had said was, since 2018, now in 2021, three years, they can, in their probable cause affidavit, they I don't know why they couldn't say experience, knowledge, and the history of these cases, they're 100% solved through genetic genealogy, and they come up with a bad guy therefore, this guy must be the bad guy. You know, I don't know why. See, we haven't gotten that far yet, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. These the, the Montana and Maryland law certainly hamper that, and the Department of Justice policy, again, says it's for just for lead purposes only. So, uh, I, I, you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see where mm-hmm. it goes and how it continues to advance. Yes, absolutely. Genetic right. genealogy. So... Right, yeah, cool. just a, a simple, I mean, not simple. They're not yeah, simple. This no. is still yeah. a human life. It's very, very sad, but we are very happy to report on these cases that are being solved and, you know, closure and justice is. Now, who on the victim side is alive that would know this? Nobody? I saw that both. So her father died in, what did I say, 1973, and then her mother died in 2006. It didn't say anything else. Like, in all of the news articles, it says nothing about her. It only talks about Kathy Hoff and, like, their family. But I was not able, because, again, I think she was an only child. I was not able to find really anything about Mm -hmm. her and her family. Because both of her parents are uh, deceased. Which is really sad. Are you going to Google something before? No, I, I was going to do a quick math. So um, now from 1959, that's uh, what sixty something. 62. Sixty-two. So she would have been sixty-two. So her parents, yeah. 
Her dad was born in 1919, I believe. Well, obviously he's not. It'd be 102 now, but he in the in 2000 and what two. He died in 1973. 1973? Yeah, he died like four years after she died. Oh, probably died of a broken heart, man. Freaking sad. Okay, hold on. And she had no siblings? Not that I've been able to see. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, do, 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 do. Carl Leroy Rogers was her father. He uh, was born in 1919. He now it says 1963. This says 1963. The one I just read said 1973. Okay. Nevertheless. So then she, he possibly died before. No. Elaine Catherine Newton Rogers. She was born in 1924. She died in 2006. That's her mother. Where's the cemetery that, that um, she's buried? Riverside that Memorial can- Park. Yeah. It's Spokane, Spokane County, Washington. Well, if you live in that area, she's in the mausoleum. She's buried yeah. in a mausoleum, which. Well, I suppose if you're in that area, maybe pass by and show respect, since nobody else knows. Did they have mausoleums back then, or did they yeah, move no, her? No, they 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 in did. Fifty nine. Mm, sure. Yeah. These look fancy. I mm. didn't even know those were a thing until I was in Vegas. Mm. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, because I don't I don't think she has any. All right, that's that's sad. So that's why one of the reasons why we do it too. We bring her name to light and say that it was solved. So. She can truly rest in peace. Yes. Okay. So thank you guys for following along on this one. Like I said, go back and listen to all of our genetic genealogy cases, pretty much all of them, to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> um, and then last week's, two weeks ago, episode, The Laws. Was it yeah. la- two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, the Monday before Thanksgiving. It was the genetic genealogy laws. That's a pretty good episode. Dad led that one. He talks a lot about the research he found in the Montana mm-hmm. and Maryland laws. You can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast, and we're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. Do lots of behind the scenes and updates there. Sometimes I tease updates and tease like, you know, episodes. And then if you guys would like to go give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd super appreciate a five-star review that just helps push out our podcast to get heard by more people, especially when we talk about cases like this and even missing persons. I think we've talked about a couple mm-hmm. different things like that, but yeah. So we will talk to you guys next week. Later.